Are you ready? Corn song intro. <laughs> oh man, got the life. <laughs> Hello, Bob. How's it going? Good. How it's you going. feeling about uh, comic books this, yeah. this uh, fine Tuesday night? I like comic books as much today as I did yesterday. That's a delight. I'm glad to hear I that. I always like comic books. I'm glad that that love of comic <laughs> books has not been, uh, been my, quelled. My, my enthusiasm has not diminished. Excellent. Uh, okay. Well, then let's talk about them. My posture has, though. I'm going to sit up straight. Yeah. Join the club. <laughs> Let's see. There's a posture club? <laughs> yeah, you could become a posture pal. Posture club for men. <laughs> uh, you could have a Sealy Posturepedic morning. <laughs> uh, uh, a Tim Sealy Posturepedic morning? Is he uh, related you know to what? the Sealy the Posturepedic fortune? I have a feeling that the, I mean, the only way you can be a professional comic writer is <laughs> if you have some sort of trust fund. And so I'm guessing that mm. uh, he had some sort of... We're getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> This investigation. There it is. Tim Seeley, <laughs> heir to the Seeley. <laughs> to the mattress, the mattress fortune. fortune. It uh, all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of uh, how you can't possibly make any money writing comic books, uh, hey, guess what happened just this week? I know the answer. You do know the answer. That's right. Rad Wraith is in previews. I'm very excited about That's it. That's so cool. Is that why you have many copies of previews on the shelf this week? <laughs> Is that why I have extra copies of previews? What? That's crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Was I excited about seeing my own book in print? What? That's crazy. It's pretty cool. Um, Actually, it's also cool that Destro is on the cover. I the mean, one. of course. <laughs> you could have picked like someone to be on the cover of your first previews. Absolutely. Destro doesn't suck. I was very happy. I mean, I was really excited because when uh, when Scout announced it, they dropped the they dropped the links online, and I actually had people who I'd never seen before, literally putting it on their Instagram, talking about it, just to be like, because you know, skateboarding is a thing. You know, it's like those of us who like skateboarding and horror, <laughs> it is kind of like it's Slim Pickens, which was literally the reason I made this thing. It was one of those things where you're like. You sit around and you see something that you're like, this is such low-hanging fruit. Bones Brigade, everything has had zombie skeleton imagery. There was like all of these things. There was a, a comic called Shredder back in the early 90s, late 80s. Are you talking about Shred? Maybe it was Shred. I loved that with the bone-faced guy. Exactly. That's my electric funeral character is 100% based oh, on Shred. Amazing. And it was like, so there were all these things that were like that kind of thing. And nobody wrote an actual story. Yeah. Like, it was always just like it was like uh what was rick remender's thing uh blackheart billy oh yeah where it was yeah, just yeah. like he was just a skateboarding dickhead <laughs> who would just go around and just fuck with people like a fucking you know like <laughs> the adventures of skateboarding dickhead <laughs> he was just a skateboarding dickhead who was also a, had a skull for a head and you know like bolts and weird shit i don't he had like a like a black sunday mask i think Hmm. It's kind of what he had going on. It kind of like a big yeah. metal head, like Robot Man. I never read that comic, although I do remember it existing. Yeah, if you got, if you were someone who liked uh, Fat Records, it literally showed up in the uh, the Fat Records newsletter that came out quarterly. I think there would literally be a Blackheart Billy strip written oh, and cool. drawn by Reminder back then. Oh wow! So that's how far back he goes with the whole punk rock skateboarding thing. So. Pretty cool. He, he has the he has the the bona fides, um, but let's talk about other comic books yes. this week. Yes, it's um, still congratulations. Thank you. Are due <laughs> for your first I'm, in previews mention. I'm so excited. Your about name it. now exists in the world. It's like yeah. it's like a phone book, but for comics. 
It's true. It really is. And just as useless as a phone book. <laughs> no. Um, so, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, number two. Uh, this is a comic book that I did not read, and I didn't read the first one, I don't think. I flipped through the first one. It's not for me. It's an interesting concept. It's, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's Aquaman and Green Arrow spy comic book. I basically, basically. was like, I think this is going to be cool. And so I flipped it, the first issue, and I was like, I don't think I can get into reading this. And then I just put it down. Yeah, I, uh, my, most of my eggs uh, in the DC miniseries basket are going to be uh, oh, yeah. in the future titles. Uh, I, I don't know. This wasn't for me, but not to say it's bad or anything. It looks interesting. But, but also, like, nobody's buying DC miniseries. Like, I should, I honestly think that if I had just not bought this book at all and just shut my mouth about it, I would never have, like it's happened before where like I'll miss something and nobody mentions it. <laughs> Just like nobody says anything. You know, I think this is one of those books that like nobody would have called me on. It, it did come up for me. I think that there are, it, it is one of those. Um, this week I discovered uh, I was Googling. Um, I found an image of Darwin Cook's drawing of the character, the vigilante, the Western yeah. guy yeah. who I'm, I'm obsessed with the vigilante Western guy. I love that guy. Country singing superhero. Like it's pretty cool. He rides a motorcycle. <laughs> He's cool. Anyway, I saw Darwin Cook drew him and I was like, that's really cool. Where did this come from? And I Googled it and it came from a shade, the shade miniseries. Oh, nice. It came out in 2011. There's 12 issues I of it. it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I don't remember this ever coming out. I'm been in in a I've been in your store every week for but ever but and not. I don't remember this. It was right before New 52. Wow. Uh but I, I mean, was definitely I think I have every issue of that still in the basement somewhere. Well, well, I mean somewhere. Not probably not in the basement actually now. Probably yeah. moved over to the storage space, but Well, I got to find number 4 cuz it's the one where Darwin Cook drew the vigilante. That's weird. Uh yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, whatever. I'm take so, a wild guess and say that's probably the only issue I'm missing. Yeah, that's, how it, that's how it always works. But anyway, but the point being that there are these DC miniseries that, like, yeah. you know, five years from now, you'll be like Aquaman, Green Arrow, yeah. Deep Target, which also we just spent a lot of time talking about we this did. comic. I mean, but it's named like it's a JCVD movie, so I mean, how can you not love it? Yeah, I like I like I like a spy story. I like an Aquaman story. I like a Green Arrow story. But for some reason, this doesn't work for me. Damn I don't it. know what it is. You know what'll work for you? Yes. Barbarella number five. Whoop! No, sorry. <laughs> I did not like the art. J.K. Uh, Batman by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, omnibus of hardcover, volume two. Nice. One hundred and twenty-five smackaroos worth of Batman <laughs> goodness. That's a. I, I thought it was a pretty fun run. It's a significant number of smackaroos. That's a lot of. That's a lot of uh, simoleons. <laughs> it's also. It's also those. Um, Gotham by Gaslight trade paperback new edition. Is that a typo? Did Chad put in the wrong price, or is that thing only thirteen bucks? It's pretty thin. I so, mean, oh, I guess that's true because it's just that. Yeah, it's just that Elseworlds uh, yeah, prestige I mean, bound that was four bucks back in the day. Yeah, my copy of yeah. it cost four dollars or three ninety five or something like yeah, that, that's and right. it had now it's just like remastered, recolored. It probably looks really good. I didn't flip through it, but um, but yeah, the if cover it's looks good. sometimes it used to be. Com- uh, they used to combine it with the second ver- volume that Mignola didn't yes, draw. It was like true. Master of the Future or something yep, like that. Something I don't know like that. if that's in this, but the way they do the pages, it could easily be in there. It's they that the pages yeah. are so thin, they could easily do two. But I don't know. What about Batman Reptilian number six of six? Yeah, that is the last issue. 
Nice. Uh, we've got Beastars Volume 15. Uh, this is a, <laughs> a manga series that is a super on-the-nose version of Sweet Tooth. <laughs> um, it's like literally like a school where everybody's a different kind of animal and it's like, oh shit, you're a gazelle? Well, you'd better stay away from the fucking lions. <laughs> uh, and I, that is as much as I know about it. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Uh, Berserk Deluxe Edition Volume 9 Hardcover. I can't believe there are that many volumes of hardcover, but I think there's probably considerably more coming. We've got Black Hammer Reborn, number 6 of 12. Yep. Which I think you liked very much. I like Black Hammer very much. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm into it. It's uh, I, th- I I I think I don't know. I get I think the there was sense a character that was introduced at the end that you were very excited about, or maybe that was a different series. Oh yeah, no. Oh my God, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, Rich Tomaso drew the backup yeah. story, and it has a guy called uh, the Fumigator. <laughs> He's like an alligator that like, <laughs> of course, has a fumigation suit. Uh, I don't know. It's great. I love I love Rich Tommaso. Uh, so seeing him in a in a regular mainstream comic. Uh, also, I'm gonna continue to every time he, his name comes up, shout out his Patreon. Uh, yeah. Black Phoenix is so cool. Uh, it is. And also, I can confirm that Master of the Future is in this uh, <laughs> Gotham by Gaslight trade. Okay. Good. Um, so we have a new Black Panther series that I really really liked. This is the first issue of a brand new series. Um, it, it is it might actually be a bit of a spoiler if you were like hoping to finish off the uh, if you'd only basically started like I did the uh, the the uh, Galactic Empire of Wakanda. Huh. If you are not too far into that series, it's a bit of a spoiler to say that he's back from space because that thing starts out and you think that you're talking about a descendant of T'Challa and all this shit so that is weird uh, but again I didn't read far enough to know maybe it did start with a descendant of his and then go back to the present where he went into space so. he mentions uh, that he is still the leader of the yes. intergalactic empire exactly. uh, in this comic so it's uh, sorry to spoil yeah, I guess I think continue the spoiler but exactly whatever. So, this but is mean, definitely awesome but he is back on earth so it is not that fucking space story that I was not enjoying at all yeah it was it was definitely uh, you know I think that's something that like more is like a trade read uh and that's why i abandoned it not because like i thought it was bad or anything the art was really cool and it was conceptually interesting but it was just like reading it month to month just like didn't work for me fair but this is black panther back with the avengers yep kicking ass but also like um there's uh the the main plot line is it's john ridley who's writing it who has been writing um the future state batman stuff um and also like won an oscar for his screenwriting and is a awesome writer uh anyway he's got this it's like an espionage story where basically like uh um there's some kind of plot uh i don't i don't want to give away too much yeah, the story. it's so, an espionage story i'm starting. sure but i think for me uh just as far as like problems i've had in the past with black panther as a character um, I feel like this particular treatment of him, just literally the character of Black Panther, was so relieving yeah. and so much more enjoyable to read than almost maybe any Black Panther. I did very much enjoy Christopher Priest's take on Black Panther, but like 
one of his issues is the same issue that I have with a lot of Marvel characters, with Namor, with uh, Reed Richards, with like there's a lot of those those characters that are total Mary Sues, you know, where it's like he can do anything. Mm. He is perfect in every way. He's the the most handsome, the most talented, the most the best fighter. He's the smartest. He's the strongest. He has an invulnerable suit. He has a fucking like he runs a country he runs an empire he's like everything and in this he has all of those things and then you start to see the cracks in the facade and you start to see him as a person and they bring him in to be a human being dressed in street clothing in a way that i've never seen before honestly i don't think i've ever seen him like wearing a turtleneck and like hanging out on a park bench just being like i'm really sad because i had a boyhood crush on someone and it turns out that I'm not approaching life the way that I thought I was. And I was like, holy shit, this is a humanizing story that really like puts a, puts a face on him that I never really felt like he had. Uh. And that's, that was my, for me, that's why this black Panther story is one of my favorite books this week. And is like probably one of my favorite black Panther books that I've read in a while. It's one of those things that, uh, the, the comic reviewer Hannibal taboo would talk about a lot with the super smart characters, the super ultra competent characters when they're written by people who aren't super smart or super competent. And they kind of like do things that super smart or super competent people don't do. Right. Um, this version of black Panther is like, right. Very assured and very, but then, but, but then, then, yeah, you do get that you characterization have the, You as have well. the other thing, which is when you've got somebody as smart as Ta-Nehisi Coates, you wind up having him think of things. When you start seeing characters, like one of the problems with like Venom, uh, Venom is a character that if you have somebody really smart writing him, they'll do something like that Venom the End story. And you realize that Venom as a character taken to his end point will be the last living being in the cosmos. And he's not only a god... He is literally the, uh, the, the germination of all of civilization inside of him because he holds the codex to every living being that has ever lived inside him. He basically has become a living receptacle for all of the genetics of everything in the universe. Hmm. You know, and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And it's like Black Panther is another character where it's like, just don't overanalyze it. If you keep going down the road of what he can do with the things that he has, he's going to go too far because he's too smart. And there's, you know, Reed Richards is the same thing. Yeah. Too smart. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Uh, I, I will mean, those fraction stories when he split his brain into six pieces and was like playing chess with the with Mister Fantastic and you know like operating a factory with the other part of his brain doing like ten things at once. Yeah. It was like super cool. But then once that was taken to its to its ultimate end, he realized that he'd written himself into a corner, and he was like, "Okay." And then he becomes dumb. Then he becomes <laughs> dumb, and that was the plan. Yeah, you know, that was the that was the I, end. I will say one thing about the another uh, that we haven't mentioned. Another cool thing about this Black Panther that I thought was cool is I really thought the fashion, the design Hell, of it was cool. Yes, the Juan Cabal, I think, is the artist. Uh, I at first like the first few pages of flipping through it I was kind of like I don't know if I like this art and then I got to like the part where it was like these kind of African inspired uh, designs of the clothing and the things that they're wearing being very non-western I thought was very very cool and I loved that aspect of it 
Um, and also, I don't know if I ever recognized the uh, the the new costumes for his protectors. Uh, the, yeah. Those crazy skeleton suits. Those things are fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Those are like his agents. Yeah. That are out. Ooh, yeah, definitely cool. Rule. Definitely cool. Okay. So that's it. Black Panther number one. Highest recommendation. I think this book is amazing. That was great. Um, Bungo. Stray Dogs. Beast. Graphic novel number two. Don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh, Catwoman number 37. Much, uh, much, much more enjoyable than I thought, and probably one of the more enjoyable. Fear State has been, like, other than the main series, the tie-ins have been kind of forgettable. This Catwoman story is really cool, uh, and fans of, uh, there's, like, some weird characters that show up at, like, Knockout, uh, I oh, think. Uh, okay. And, like, um, Wait, I think that's the name knockout? of Knockout? From, from uh, or no, no, what's her name? The Dark Horse character? No, 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 no. The one that was in uh, Secret Six. Um, oh, um, she like I I can't remember her name. Yeah, She's the redhead either. powerhouse from Secret yeah, Six. Yeah. Yeah. She's in it, and like just it's like this weird kind that of might hodgepodge. Even be knockout. I think might it might be. Right. be. Uh, but anyway, it's like a like a hodgepodge villain team, and there's some shit with poison ivy and it was cool i liked the art actually the art was by the remember when uh, future state batman came out and the first issue was by nick darrington and then the yeah. every issue after that was by a different artist it's like that artist but she's just like totally kicking ass on this catwoman nice. mark arc i liked it uh checkmate number six of six is out yeah. Um, actually, I would also like to really shout out that uh, Jenny Frazone B cover for Catwoman. It is beautiful. Ooh, I don't know if I saw that. That is going to be one of those issues that people are going to be looking for in the future because it is goddamned gorgeous. Hmm. Um, okay, we've got Critical Role Tales of Exandria, number two of four. Uh, we have DC versus Vampires, number two. Liked I- it didn't read it but my god i love the first one yeah no it's really good uh i um was it otto schmidt the um the artist so good so good and there's a i just like it i like it in the so classic like it 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 reminds me of a time of reading dc it reminds me of reading during um that great green lantern crossover the the Sin- the sinestro core war huh like it has that kind of feel to his art for interesting me. i like it because like a classic DC he story. does like kind of like he has like the looseness but also like the crispness of like a darwin cook yes um like just i think he's a really great and his he's costume like a, he's designs like some are... sort of cross between a, a a mike allred and a darwin cook. yeah yeah, I could buy that. Uh, I like Otto Schmidt a lot, and I like this series. It's it was the first issue was fun, and this one was good. There's a great last page where it's like, oh, holy shit! But I also like that it's very, it's not just like here's a moment, here's a moment, here's a moment. It's like here's a moment where a character reacts to their partner getting offed in the first issue, but not knowing what's going on. And there's like spies on the Justice League that are vampires and they don't know who it is and batman's kind of figuring it out and green arrows there's a great green arrow moment in this it's it's fun i like dc versus vampires awesome um so here's the thing that we're going to be doing more of probably on the podcast and in the store um we are starting to carry vinyl in the store we've we've always carried vinyl in the store but we're starting to carry more punk rock in the store specific to my taste (laughs) like it's it's one of those things where it's like i've always wanted to be able to do this and so now i can pick and choose things that i enjoy and specifically put them in the store like bad brains Uh, like bad brains for example and this week we got uh dead kennedy's in god we trust incorporated oh nice uh that came in it's you know, one of those albums, it's a short album. It's a very like 
punk rock hardcore album hardcore from that time period when hardcore meant something different than it means now but it is uh it's just a very dirty version of uh of the kennedys and i fucking love it i mean i love every dead kennedys record so it's it's a weird one but uh hmm. but this is great i'm 100 um, I'm down to talk about records anytime too. Uh, <laughs> um and here speaking of things that i'm also down to talk about deathstroke incorporated number three um I like this book and nobody's reading it. <laughs> yeah, I, it lost me, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah, it lost me. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, now I need to actually read this issue. Cause... I don't know. It's just like, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's part of it is the art. Um, Damn it. Those first two are really fucking strong. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the coloring. I don't know what it is, but it's like it found, I found it really hard to follow. And oh, um, weird. I just, I don't know. This, this one was another one that just kind of like, eh, I well, wish I liked go. it more than I did. Maybe, I like all maybe the people that sensed it. it. <laughs> maybe people sensed that it was going to suck later. There's a je ne sais quoi that's missing for me. <laughs> uh, what about Decorum number eight? We've been waiting for this for what uh, ten months? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, I was like, oh, that's still coming out. Yep. Uh, Detective Comics ten forty five. I liked it a lot. Cool. I love Dan Mora. Nice. Uh, Echo Lands number four. Beautiful. Of course, one of the most beautiful books on the shelf. And here's something I know you want to talk about. This was a spectacular <laughs> issue out of, of a nowhere. Of a series that I would not normally read. Nope. Flash number seven seventy six. It's my pick of the week. Yeah. Flash. What a strong fucking swing. Love it because it's like it does that thing where uh, the, there's like that that Silver Age Flash. Um, Oh, I, um, there's like a Silver Age Flash issue where he's like, stop, my life depends on you, the reader. And it's like kind of like a cliche of Flash. This one is a Flash and Dr. Fate story that takes that aspect and actually like, like actually, you know, Multiversity was like one that did that where yes. it was like yeah, yeah. the, you're reading it was part of the experience, yep. but it, in a way, it never really pulled it off. This no, totally pulls it off and draws like it is. They know you're reading this comic book about them is all I'm going to say. Yeah, and then they tell you to do certain things as you're reading the comic. And when you do them, it affects how you read the comic and the outcome of the comic. It's I mean, even if you don't cool. do them, it does the same thing. Well, right. Of right. course. Of course. Well, but I mean, at a certain point, cool. you're going to be reading the comic you, book upside down and backwards. That is true. But, <laughs> you do not actually blow out the torches, though. I did uh, not blow out the torches, and they still went out. Yeah, that's so true. So I was that's like, true. motherfucker, how shouldn't. dare you lie to me? It's a huge spoiler, by the way. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, yeah, the, no, I thought it was just really, really, really cool, and uh, and I loved where it ended. Um, great. Just absolutely great. My favorite book of the week, easily. Awesome. Hey, uh, could you do me a favor? Yes. Could you grab me a polar seltzer out of there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I could not get past. That was my whole plan. I realize I don't have any water right now, so if you could grab me a soda water, it would make my life so much easier. Thank you so much. You can please take one for yourself. I, no, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, the other thing we have this week, we have the trade paperback for Geiger, and it's a $10 trade, and the thing is fucking huge. It's awesome. I love this book. It is just fun. Yeah. Alternative superhero type stuff. It's like adventure with a sort of powered character and a apocalyptic wasteland. And it's all, 
you know, it's like a fucking thrash record come to life. It's awesome. There's a big glowing skull dude in the middle of an apocalypse. <laughs> it's like nuclear assault is going to start playing behind it. It's awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, I love it. Uh, we got Grim Fairy Tales number 54. Spoiler alert. I bet it's not very good. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you got it, though. Girls Scouts Stone Ghost number one. That is, of course, Jim Mafood doing his classic Girl Scouts. Girl spelled like Riot Girl. Uh, A very cool cool book, and anything Jim Mafood does is okay by me. Yep. Um, We got Gunslinger Spawn, number two. An incredibly stupid comic book that turns out to be really good, and I <laughs> fucking hate that I like it, and it makes me mad. So, whatever. It's dumb as a brick and just awesome. It's exactly... Th- this new rash of fucking Spawn is exactly written the way it needs to be. The art is perfect. It's just... It is what it is. If you like Spawn, you're going to like the new stuff that they're doing. They're not trying to uh, reinvent the wheel. They're not trying to do anything that's gonna fucking set the world on fire they're just making comics that appeal to people who like spawn which as it turns out (laughs) is kind of the way you should probably make a spawn comic yeah uh and all the times that they have failed to make spawn comics that way they have failed to get people interested in them and people stopped reading them yeah so there you go (laughs) uh harley quinn number nine uh by riley rosmo yep awesome yep we got Hellboy Silver Lantern Club number two. Yeah, this is weird. Uh, it's be it. It's like Hellboy as a horror host. Oh, is it really? I kind of. It's like he's on the first page and the last page, and then the entire middle of it has no Hellboy. That's so weird. So I, 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 I this was only a flip for me. So I don't. There could be more to it than than that. But it seems like it's like Hellboy sitting at a table, like, let me tell you the story of the Silver <laughs> Lantern Club, and then that's the story. But it's uh, the. I like it. Is it like the Midnight Society? Maybe. Uh, maybe uh, it's a it's a riff on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Maybe. That would I don't, be awesome. Honestly, I th- I don't I don't know if it's I think it's old people i don't know i'm not sure i'm are not you sure. afraid of the old people are you afraid of the old people are uh, the old people afraid of the dark yes they are uh so we've also got house of slaughter number two. Oh, i thought it was house of slaughter house you can't spell slaughter without laughter um so you've got the house of slaughter number two uh we've got so many fucking covers for this that it'll make you puke and, uh, and it did make me actually vomit i said why did i order so many copies of this what is wrong with me the comic shop owner that I thought that I needed this many bajillion covers. Is it popular? Am I really just, of course it is. It's a tie into something's killing the children, but it's like, well then that's why, but I just, I I should really just be the, the shop that says that puts his foot down and says, I'm getting the a cover and nothing (laughs) else, but then I'll lose money. And that's not helpful. (laughs) I want to stay in business. Do that. I've already been through this in my head and out loud where I was like, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't do that. And I was like, wow, you know, I don't sell very many comics when I do that because people want one specific cover, then go to another shop and buy that cover. So fuck. (laughs) So hence 17 covers of the next comic book, Hulk number one. Ah. It was very interesting. This is great. I I thought it was wonderful. 
I liked it. I did too. I, but I, I definitely do get how this might be something that's going to be too conceptual for certain readers. Mm, maybe. It is. I mean, it's pretty high concept for a Hulk comic. I mean, I don't know. Almost, I mean, after almost more high concept than than. It, I feel Immortal. like after I think this is way more uh, superhero-y than uh, the oh, Immortal. It's, it's definitely more superhero-y than Immortal, but but also more high concept. It's it's a very strange idea. I mean, I don't know how much we can say about it without spoiling it. No, I mean, I think that the, the I've read. Okay. Enough in previews to say that it's like, what if the real reason the Hulk exists right. is to save us from Banner? That is 100% what is on the cover as well. That yeah. literally says that on the cover. So that's not a spoiler that at least they thought that they needed to <laughs> to cover up. But it is definitely, Banner has gone fucking mental after the events of... Some, the Cronenberg era. Yes, the, the Cronenberg thing made him, made him cuckoo bananas and he is dangerous he is obviously mephitic like he does not look like he's uh he's not he's not a friendly banner and he sets up the hulk and basically starts to use the hulk as his personal vehicle and that is why you see these things on the hulk yeah, yeah, he's that is, turned the Hulk into a spaceship. Essentially, basically. is what is what he's saying. <laughs> uh, that is a bit of a spoiler, but Sorry. but I think it's important to it's important to kind of get out what's going on with it to get people to actually buy it. Yeah, I don't feel. I, I mean, maybe a little bit of what I just said was uh, giving away something, but um, I don't know. But I think I think once you I read feel it, like you have to kind of give yeah, some exactly. to some of these things. Like you have to. Like, you know, what we just said didn't tell you anything no. of the events of the series. It's just the concept of no. the series that we described. But you should absolutely check it out. It's, I would. It's worth your Art's time. Art's great. Um, I definitely think it is worth checking out the first issue. Uh, I would say to anyone who is interested in a Hulk comic, give it one issue to try it out. Because I, it, it's, it's cool. I mean, you've got, you know, uh, Rotley doing the fucking art which he has been kind of wasted on certain things i thought that he was going to be the best spider-man artist ever i thought that when he went on spider-man i was like this is going to be great and then it just kind of felt like i don't really care about this i was like i like it i enjoy his artwork but it was like i mean it was still nick spencer writing it wasn't it and so i was like it was yeah i was like oh the the story isn't using him properly. He did occasionally punch things that turned into big splats of goo, which I liked, but like it didn't it didn't utilize his style the right way. This is using him properly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would this, say this I is, enjoyed the art on this much more than the Spider-Man stuff. This is exactly the kind of shit that he needs to be doing. So so definitely this like this is the kind of thing that uh, that I like him doing. So Highest recommendations for both Black Panther and uh, and Hulk, hmm? which is good because I bought a fuck ton of them. It's a good thing I like them. Uh, if I had hated them, this would have been a disaster. Uh, okay, Epic uh, Collections, Iron Man in the Hands of Evil trade paperback. And as you said, it is 90s <laughs> as fuck. It is definitely 90s as fuck. Uh, he's got like, uh, is this... Is this reborn era? No, it's not quite reborn era. Uh, no, this is. I. Uh, it's either before or after. I'm not really sure which. But this was Dan Abnett writing it for a little while here mm -hmm. in this era, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is really, really, really 90s. Um, 
and he's got a big iPad on his arm for some reason. I don't know what that's about, but yeah. Hey, we'll all have big iPads on our arms soon. <laughs> um, let's see. Where did I leave off here? Probably right there. Aha! Killer Queens, number four of four, finishing up the series, the gay superhero story. Pretty cool. Nice. Um, all right. Don't judge me on this one because I've already said that I'm only buying things that I like. <laughs> yes, these people are fucking monsters. I'm sorry. And I mean it in a literal way. I like Kiss Destroyer, whatever. <laughs> so sue me. Uh, Kiss Destroyer 45th Anniversary 2LP Deluxe Edition set. <laughs> we have... Uh, I can't help it. Uh, one of my friends kept trying to get me to listen to Kiss over and over and over again growing up. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're like a worse version of Spinal Tap. And then I started listening to them as though they were Spinal Tap, and I found them to be the most amusing band ever. And that it stuck ever since then. Ever since I started enjoying them ironically, I've been able to enjoy Kiss. So sue me. You made it further than I did. I hate Kiss. <laughs> I can understand I saw that. them live when I was uh, 15 years old, and I never <laughs> liked them again. I can understand that. Uh, they must have been in their 80s when oh, you saw them. Oh, they sure were. <laughs> yes, indeed. They did this thing where uh, where Gene Simmons came out and did a bass solo that wasn't very good. Yeah, of course. And he had fireworks in the end of his bass mm-hmm. that were supposed to be missiles, mm-hmm. but were obviously just fireworks. And... Uh, then there was a fake amp hanging from the ceiling, this fake big speaker thing. Um, and the firework went up and then the, it fell down. Like it was like he shot it, you know, and it was like, boom. And it fell oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool. It was lame as fuck. Uh, <laughs> was it was it as lame as Paul Stanley putting on the uh, the fire helmet before they do firehouse and it's got the little spinning light on the top of it. No, it was slightly <laughs> less lame than that. Uh, I don't know. I just, I it was like lick it up era kiss, like essentially, like maybe oh, a couple so years. Oh, so they weren't past. even in makeup. No, no, oh, they were terrible. in purple spandex. Like no, that's, that's it was awful. just like trash. No, that's, and my, you don't want that. my, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, it was really it was at the Bangor Auditorium, which is no longer even in existence. I actually, I think it's the Cross Insurance Arena now. Maybe I'm not sure. Who uh, knows? It's probably it, who knows? fucking Dogecoin Arena by yeah, now. Doge. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the coin That's exactly. Yay arena. <laughs> uh anyway, I uh that sound was really bad and uh and it was really loud and I remember putting my fingers in my ears because I could hear it better. Mm-hmm. Like it was clearer. And my sister thought that I was like she had taken me to the concert and she thought that I was like being like, It's too loud and like putting my fingers in my ears and yep. she was like, I'm embarrassed by you, I'm never taking you to another concert again. <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to listen to it. Like the only person there that was trying to listen to it. Maybe that's why I hated it. That might be it. Um, <laughs> all right. Spe- but speaking of albums. Anyway, that so I, you got Distraw. That I absolutely love unironically. Misfits Legacy of Brutality. Uh, one of my favorite fucking Misfits records. I mean, again, I love all of them, but Legacy of Brutality is kind of a special one for me. Has a few has a few songs that I am particularly partial to. Um, yeah. What a great record. That's great. Love it. We have that. We actually have 
I'm trying to keep Misfits records in stock, but they keep selling out, so... Yeah, this is a Misfits town. You're going to have that problem. I mean, not only is it a Misfits town, it's a Misfits store. Yeah, <laughs> so true. It's like a Misfits store in a Misfits town. Yeah, someone coming in here and be like, oh, you have Misfits records? Oh, cool. Yep. <laughs> they definitely disappear. Uh, Miskatonic, Even Death May Die from Aftershock. Ooh. It's in a stupid fucking black label format, but it is. Um, but it and looks hey, cool. It could be cool. Yeah, I I don't like it, but there are people who do enjoy it, and so to those people, check this out. Uh, I liked Miskatonic for the first few. It got a little predictable. It was a little on the nose for me for what it was doing, but still, it's pretty cool. Um, it yeah. definitely felt like. A great pitch for a TV show is really what it felt like, but still really good. Um, you know what else is really good? What? My Lovey Dovey Wife is a Stone Cold Killer, Volume 1 trade paperback. <laughs> I'm lying. I don't know if that's any good, but it's a very long title, so it must be pretty decent. Hey, you know, My Lovey Dovey Wife is a Stone Cold Killer. I have often heard that the longer the manga title, the better the the story, so... If that is the case, this one is a good one. Uh, and Nishu, 15th anniversary box set, is apparently terrible, even though this is the one that's, like, critically lauded. So I guess I've just... Uh, Wait, what is it? It's called... Oh, God. I can't pronounce it. Okay. N-I-C-H-I-J-O-U. No. Nishiju, My Ordinary Life. Nishiju? Okay. Something like that. Um, it's a. It is a critically acclaimed... Uh, manga series that is for it's kind of a younger audience but it looks really pretty um, it's just very simple and like very stylized looking I really I really like the art style nice um, another one that's a really cool art style is Persephone which is another manga that just came well actually I think it's been out for a while but uh, we just got it in looks really cool um, I like it I don't know if it's legitimately a manga. It's released by a manga company. It looks like it might be an American person who did it, but it still looks really cool. Um, boop, boop, boop. We got a WandaVision pop for a white vision, which is pretty cool. We've got Radiant Black, number 10. Uh, we have Reign of the Seven Spellblades, graphic novel, uh, one. Shocker, again, it's manga. Uh, restart after coming back home, trade paperback. This is one of those, like, prestige mangas with, like... Ooh. Like, it's for people who like art. Um, <laughs> uh, Robin 8 is out. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. I stopped reading it. Sorry. I also stopped reading it. Uh, Shudder, number two. I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's great. Kelly Jones did stuff in this one. Yeah. I uh, think it's so cool. Yeah, this magazine is awesome. It's kind of like, uh, what was the other one called? Creeps. Uh, Creeps. Yep. Crepes. Crepes. Crepes and crepes. Uh, Sin City, Trade Paperback Volume 1, The Hard Goodbye, 4th Edition, is finally in. Which it's is a nice-looking edition. It is. It's actually a much nicer version. It's a larger format than they've been releasing them in previously. Mm. I like it. Uh, I thought that the, the smaller, digesty ones were a little on the a little on the puny side. Yeah. Kind of didn't like that format, but uh, this has kind of remedied that. Uh, Space Pirate, Captain Harlock, number six. Love the cover. Cover of the week for me. I love that cover. It's pretty good. I don't know why. I really like it. It's beautiful. I mean, this thing is so weird. Like, I've never seen 
like you expect this to be something else. <laughs> like I, yeah. I didn't expect this to be so like watching a 60s manga like or i mean like watching a 60s anime i mean yeah like it really is like it's so it's so that experience it's so kinetic and there's so many weird panel choices i love what they're doing with it it's i i did not expect this to look the way that it does it's it's a very they could have done this very uh in a boring way like they could have done a they yeah. could have done a version of this that would have been very safe and very easy and instead they went and made something that was really over the top and like really cool. Yeah. I mean, I the there's a lot of work put into every page of this thing and it's really it shows that they're like the end product is much cooler than it should be, honestly. Okay. Um we have Star Wars Adventures Many copies of different titles called that. Whew, God, so many fucking copies of things called that. So, Star Wars Adventures, number 12. We've got Star Wars Annual. Adventures Annual. Adventures. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Star Wars Adventures Annual. Uh, Which. 2021. No offense, but I'm going to give them a, a full. They, they get my two middle finger award of the week where it's got Jax on the cover, but he's not in the comic at all. And like the cover is literally like Jax being like or Jackson or whatever being yeah. like, Hey, this is the comic I'm not in. And then They're like fighting bunnies. Yeah. Cause the whole comic is about bunnies, but not him. And I'm like, don't put him on the cover if he's not in it. That's stupid. Especially when the art is awesome in it. It's like, Stop I want Jackson that. drawn by a cool artist. I never agree. get it. I never get it. You We've never give it to me. Star Wars, high Republic trail of the shadows. Number two. We have Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters trade paperback. I highly recommend this. This is, again... Oh, did it finally end? Uh, no, I don't think so. This is just... This is just volume one? Well, no, I think, it's, I think it is over, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know that... I think there's probably going to be continue to be other series, call other things oh, tied into it Branded afterwards. War of the Bounty but Hunters. But this is the end of the War of the Bounty Hunters series. This isn't every issue that tied into it. Oh. It's just the core series. I think there's like an Alpha and an Omega kind of thing. I see. And that's, that's wrapped up. But I think that there's still going to be other things that kind of... Like Darth Vader will still. These bounty hunters refuse to settle down. No, they're just Warren left and right. Warren Zevon. <laughs> call them. Call them Warren Zevon. Yes. Ow. Exactly. Uh, Superman seventy-eight number four. I love the art of this comic. I wish I liked the comic more, but the art is so good. Yeah, it's nothing that I really care too much about. If but, you want drawings, if you want really good drawings of Marlon Brando as Jor-El yeah. for like most of a comic book, this is the one for you. Yeah. I don't know like uh, how, how well this is selling, but I mean, I'm still buying it because I just, I love uh, I mean, Wilfredo Torres. That's the thing is it's, it's going to people who are hardcore fans and there are people who are just excited about it. Nobody's like bowled over by the story the way that like uh, the Batman 89 is like killing people. Yeah. This is, this is good, but it's, it's just kind of like, yeah, it is cool. Cause it does play as if it is a direct, like, like more of like a Superman three than right. like Richard Pryor exactly. with his computers. But, uh, that Fucking said nightmare fuel, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that movie scarred me for life. Oh man. I actually kind of want to watch it again. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I think I still legitimately that is like one of those things that is now a permanent fear of mine might even be something that like 
sent me into punk rock. But, like, that idea of being absorbed by a computer is so fucking terrifying to me. Like, that just... That scene of him being, like, overwhelmed by wires and, like, plugged into the computer. And it's just like, fuck, man, that is stuck in my head. And I know it's not just me because I was on Twitter, like, two weeks ago. And someone had mentioned it as, like, one of the scariest things of their childhood. And there was, like, a thousand responses to it that were like, oh, my God, that's bringing back so many fucking terrible memories. Oh, wow. So. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Anyway, this Superman 78 is cool. I love the concept of it. I love Wilfredo Torres. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board, but the story is, is sort of boring. Yes. If you want to read a Superman story that is both great and not boring, I would recommend picking up these new printings of Superman Son of Kal-El. We have now got all of the back issues in multiple printings. We actually have some first printings of some of the stuff left, right. but... I made sure that I ordered a fuck ton of all of them so that they would be here for you to read because it is worth it. It's not just hype. It's not just speculators. It's not just nonsense. I believe in this book because it is well-written and it is telling a Superman story that I think is worth telling. And I think that Tom Taylor is the best thing that has happened to comics in a very long time. Yeah, I, I would, I would heartily, heartily agree. Did the last week's one, the f- number five sellout? It did not. No. Oh, nice. No. That's no, cool. We still have it. I love that. I mean, speculators I or- don't kill everything. No, they don't. I mean, and also I think that it was announced so far ahead of time that I think it gave retailers the chance to order uh. sufficiently. So we all had copies, huh. you know, like I upped my numbers just to, to combat the idea of selling out and then we didn't. So I guess we did it right. Cool. Um, you can still get it true. And we've got task force Z number two. Oh man. Another one that I really wanted to like, but just don't, but it's got zombies. The Z is for zombie. The Z is for zombie. It is also like the vehicle to bring one of my favorite characters back from the dead, uh, who hasn't really been dead for all that long, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just don't like it. It's not Bane. Your favorite character, Bane. Bane. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, you're like one of the Teen Titans now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bane Man. <laughs> Let's see. Oh boy, I just fucked up my computer. How about oh, no. that? Don't do it. Oh, the next I? comic on the shelf, if it's not a trade, is that Texas Blood. Sure, let's let's say that. Um that's a comic. Their uh, yep. comic, the it that is Texas Blood. That Texas Blood. How about the manga? That time I got reincarnated as a slime, Trinity and Tempest, <laughs> Volume Four, of course. <laughs> I, I feel like you're only ordering the manga that has weird names. Like, oh, there's got to be like normal named things that nope. like. No, there. Well, I mean, okay. There's there's normal stuff like this one. That time, my mother was reincarnated as a toaster and went to space. The the fact of the matter is that that is literally what every fucking manga is called. So weird. How about the masterful cat is depressed again today? (laughs) That is the. I mean, I know it's a translation thing, and I I shouldn't laugh because it's like I'm making fun of someone's culture, and I should not do that. But that (laughs) said, these are really unwieldy titles. You're making fun of the fact that someone's language translates hilariously into English. It's not as though you're literally making fun of their language. That's not what they're saying in Japanese. It's it's not that clunky in Japanese. It's just that they 
directly translated. And it's also part of the charm of the manga is the fact that it does have these clunky names. That time I got reincarnated <laughs> as a slime. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to... I'm getting up. I'm going to grab this. I want to see what it looks like. And also, by the way, the Masterful Cat is Depressed Again is a fucking delight. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, uh, It's literally about this woman who lives with a human-sized cat who (laughs) cooks her dinner. She is completely unorganized, and he is the master of the house and basically, like, does everything around the house. He's super fastidious. He even stands on two legs. Wonderful. It's it's so cool. I, I I love it. It has a very uh, it's got a bit of a my neighbor Totoro vibe to it, except in a in like a city. It's fun. I like it. Whatever. Um, okay, it is actually really cool. Yeah, it really is. Um, also, you know what else is cool? The Mighty Valkyries. All hell let loose, and that's hell with one L, of course. Ah. For all you Norse folk out there, um, this was a great series. This this five issue mini really ruled. If you were interested in these characters, uh, the Jane Foster Valkyrie character, get it. It's great. This this was like this was a big surprise for me. Uh, for somebody who hates miniseries, especially with characters that I could kind of take or leave usually. Super good. It was better than the regular Jane Foster series, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Um, not Jane Foster Thor, the Jane Foster Valkyrie series. Um, super good. Time Before Time, number seven. Um, I had fallen off this, but I do have a lot of customers who are, uh, who are continuing to read this and who have really nice things to say about it, including some like really young people who are really liking the series, which is weird to me. But there you go. It's always weird to me when people who are like under... 13 are reading like image comics nice it's i'm like ah oh, man you're probably smarter than me <laughs> yeah that's rough okay <laughs> i just grabbing that time i got reincarnated as a slime and you would expect that like the title page that tells you about what's going on in the no. comic would have something to do with someone being reincarnated as a slime yeah but in fact it's Fos, I am a fox lycanthrope and a hopeful future member of the Animal King's Brigade in Eurozania. I'm in Tempest investigating on Demon Lord mm-hmm. Carrion's orders. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with a slime. Oh, it's because there's, there's, there's no slime in this. Because there's like 50 years of uh, <laughs> backstory that you're missing out on. Because this is, of course, the new series. There were already two full, like, multi-volume like 10 15 20 volume series prior to this there was uh so you're you have to get all the way to the end before you even see the slime listen that's how you that's how you hook them i'm sorry for the spoiler oh yeah thanks so much now (laughs) nobody's gonna buy it Uh, um you know what else nobody's gonna buy transformers comics we have them Uh, for but some that reason, that can't possibly be true. You have so many of them. <laughs> I don't have so many of them. Oh, well, yeah. I just listen. You carry them. This is. I just had this conversation with a fellow retailer who comes in here, who doesn't have a store, and it's like a retailer who doesn't have a store. Yeah, he oh. has an online store, and that's oh. it. He's he's one of these online retailers, and essentially he was like, "Well, yeah, but you have to you have to appease everybody, so that's why you're broke all the time." And I was like, yep, that is true. But the thing is, I have to buy Transformers. You know, I have to buy things that I don't know will necessarily sell, 
but they just have to be here because I want to be a comic shop that when you come in, you find the thing you're looking for. Hmm. So I want to have these things that aren't necessarily going to be high sellers. There are, as a retailer, there are just certain titles that you know you're about 50% likely to take a bath on. And you just do it because you know that you need X number of these things in case it's not something that you're going to take a bath on. Because when people come in and they can't find a book they're looking for, they leave angry or irritated. And it's not worth it. You know, mm. it's why we, it's why those online guys who basically sell on eBay, like pre order stuff on eBay, can make money. And we're like, duh. How do we pay the power bill? <laughs> do you think they'll take unsold copies of uh, Transformers Beast Wars? <laughs> Transformers Beast Wars. Um, huh. Actually, Transformers Beast Wars does sell. That's the one that actually people want <laughs> for some reason. They like the beasts. Uh, novelty uh, and uh, the love of 90s culture. Ah. Uh, and also, I got Transformers King Grimlock because I have a fondness for Grimlock the Transformer. Like you um, do. I know this about you. It's it's a thing. I can't help it. You like that guy. Um, you know what else I like? Twisted. <laughs> Haunted Hions. I, Curse of the Green Book, number one of four. 100% have been anxiously awaiting you talking about what this book is. Why? Why it is? It is the insane clown posse spinoff band Twisted, uh, and their comic book, and their comic book. I still don't know what this title means. This is the third installment of this series. Haunted High Ons. High Ons. I don't. I read the first one trying to figure out what it was, and honestly, here's the thing: this book is good. <laughs> so, <laughs> just let me get that out of the way. The first series was well written well illustrated it was a good comic uh it was a surprise actually i think a lot of the the icp stuff has been really good um again i have this i have this thing where i had forever basically because you know for the longest time every time somebody you know got caught shoplifting here they had a fucking hatchet man tattoo so you know I kind of developed a, uh, a maybe not a phobia, but maybe a, a weird prejudice that is in my heart, and I needed to to purge uh, for my feelings about the about juggalos. And specifically, I noticed that I had uh, had a real like uh, I don't know. It's a kind of a classism against juggalos, and I realized that it was an ugly, horrible thing, and I've had to stop saying things like that yeah because uh, honest to god number one those guys are awesome um end of the day they are very cool people who are doing really nice things and they're actually treating people very well in the world and they're just kind of they're responsible they did dumb things as kids and then they owned up to it and then they said hey what we were doing was stupid here this is what you should be doing, and now we've changed our the way that we speak about things and all this stuff. It's like they're they're doing things the way that you should do things, and I'm just like yeah. I have I have nothing but respect, honestly, at this point for ICP. So there you go. Yeah, that is my turnaround on the insane clown posse, where I have gone completely 180. This comic so. actually is really good. Yeah, isn't it weird? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. Weed humor is like my least favorite humor in the world. Maybe if I actually smoked pot, it would really it would improve it. But uh, eh, it's not my thing. Uh, I'm 
I'm more of an accelerant driven person. Uh, if I, uh, if I had ever been introduced to cocaine, I would probably be dead by now because I am someone who does not like slowing down in any, in any respect of my life. So weed is just really not my thing. Uh, but, uh, that's, and that's probably why I don't like weed humor. But what? I just want to know what a high on is. You're never going to find out. That's the problem. And I think that's what they're doing. They're doing it intentionally so that you're hooked. And you're like, okay, I've got to read the other issues to find out what a high on is. And they're never going to tell you. At one point, someone in, it tells them they need to arrive dressed for work. And when they show up, they have white face paint on. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is their fucking job. It's their job. And also, oh, by the way, the other thing that's funny about Twisted that that is really odd, I think one of them is from Portland. Oh. Because not only have they played a show at WMPG, they come into the store regularly. Did you know the Melvins played at WMPG? Yeah, I almost ran over King Buzzo on his way to the fucking show. <laughs> no way. Yeah. He uh, literally walked out in front of my fucking delivery vehicle when I was working for Videoport. Uh, and I was like, Jesus Christ! And I literally slammed on my brakes and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking King Buzzo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I did my first radio show there this week and uh, yeah. I started pouring through the, uh, the archives and uh, I was like, Melvins? Live on WMPG? What?! It's like a four. It's like they did four songs in the studio and did an interview. Yeah, and there's a CD of it. And when I do my next show, you can guarantee I'm going <laughs> to play from it. Hey, speaking of, so they still have the archive there. Do they have everything? Really? Yeah. So there's that covered in bees show, the pontiff show. I all did the not shows. see the covered in bees, which does not mean it's there. I just didn't see it. There's two pontiff shows there. Really? There's the one I have, and then there's one from 2006. Because there was one that Is that pl- the one that you played on? I think I played on both of them. Oh, okay. I think I played on both of those Pontiff shows, and I think that one of them, the audio was garbage. Something happened, and the audio really blew. Well, I'll let you know, because they're both there, and I can listen to them both. Uh, the one I have is an actual CD I bought. and uh, Yeah, that was the one that I burned myself and I oh, made like nice. I made like paper covers for and I yeah. gave the Pope a guitar in Photoshop. Yes, yes. Yes, I remember that. That's the one I have. <laughs> but that one is from 2002. That was me. I believe. Um, yeah, I did think it sounded Christ. a little not like Pete Weber. Um, so there may even be a third Pontiff Swan because Pete said that he played one too, oh, I thought. That's but weird. maybe not. Uh, either way, uh, yeah, there's everything. 2002? I, dude, there are so many. How long have I been fucking playing it says, music? Well, it says 2001 Oof. on it, which is weird. But then uh, the in the song, uh, Kip sings about uh, it being 2002. Um, <laughs> yeah, then there you go. But uh, uh, the other thing I found in the archives there was um, a ton of live at Zoots sets. Like Rotors to Rust, Live at Zoots, uh, Broken Clown. There's like four Broken Clown albums. <laughs> like, not wow. albums, like live performances. There's everything. It's just the only thing and the reason why I don't know everything that's there that is... It used to be online and it isn't anymore, right? Um, like that used to there used to be an archive on the website. There some of it is on the WMPG archive. I don't know if it's available to the like public. the public. Okay. But um so much of it is just in plastic envelopes now because they ran out of space. Yeah, yeah. 
so nothing is spine out. So it's like in order to figure out like what's there, I, I w- at, before and after I did my show, I just kind of like flipped through and looked at what was there. And I was just like, holy crap. Like everything. The first thing covered in bees ever recorded Ooh. was an MPG show. What, do you know what year it was? I don't. I cannot um, I didn't. I only was in the 90s. So it, uh, and, and then very early into the 2000s. So I, I didn't see that later Pontiff's one. Someone just told me there wasn't later Pontiff's one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, honestly, it was probably me playing. I played with them for a long fucking time. Yeah. That was the period of time where I didn't go to Pontiff's shows too, which is weird. I never saw you yeah, play with them. It was them. because you just fucking hated my drumming that much. No, no. It was because I was... In a, in a in a dysfunctional relationship, and I didn't leave the house. Oh, fair. Uh, but um, <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I was a little flashy for that band, uh, and a lot of people were like, "Why? Why don't you have a more regular ACDC drummer?" <laughs> I know there were a lot of people of that opinion. Uh, I don't know. I was a little Keith Mooney for them. <laughs> Kip uh, liked it, and also, yeah, if Kip liked was, it, then who, who else would... was gonna? Who else was gonna play them? Yeah, that's on the WMP the, the two thousand one. <laughs> Yes, that yeah. was th- that was like the the proudest drum moment I had for uh, for the Pontiffs was oh, writing that line. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, no, there's there's so much stuff. So when I do my next one, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna start with the '90s, and then I'm gonna do an hour of '90s, and then I'm gonna do an hour of 2000s, and then I'm gonna like you know at some point I'll have to just repeat because there are literally like probably. 200 local like bands playing in studio on WMPG. It's crazy how much there is. All right. Sorry okay. to no, digress. That's fine. <laughs> Comic books. We'll stop talking about, about local bands that literally no one listening to this knows. Um, okay. Uh, we got uh, Irosi Yatsu. I cannot, don't know how to say it. It's Lum. The series was called Lum when I was reading it, so yeah. let's say just say it's Lum. Um, Usagi Yojimbo, number 24, is out. Vengeance of Vampirella, 24, is out. Vinyl, number 6, the series rules. If you were a fan of Auteur, I think you're going to dig it. I think it is just a wonderful, crazy, horrifying crime story with cults and madness. Uh, Wonder Woman, Black and Gold, number 6, is out. We got a trade for X Corp, which I very much like. It's a nice. T.D. Howard series. And uh, we have this thing that is by Rob Liefeld, and it is terrible, and it is called <laughs> X-Force Killshot. Um, the only oh, that's reason, what that is. The only reason that anyone is going to care about this is that it is the introduction of the MCU's version of Domino. And that's it. That's, that's all. That's the entire reason this thing exists. Is it a new comic? It is a brand new comic, yes. Oh, okay. Yep. It just came out. So, uh, I mean, I think they were just assuming that that first appearance was going to be enough to sell speculators on it as something that would blow up later. I don't know if they fell for it. I have the feeling they did not. So, that is it. That's all of them. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that you're like, why wasn't there an amazing Spider-Man this week? What the hell's going on? I thought it was weekly. Uh, the answer is that uh, something happened. We don't know. Uh, they didn't tell us. I thought that I didn't order Spider-Man this week. I thought that I somehow missed something because the order system is so fucked up over at uh, at Penguin. I was like, oh, God, 
I finally did it. I forgot to order Marvel this week. <laughs> and then I got a bunch of stuff that was from the same FOC. And I was like, well, if I did that, it's not like I just skipped over it. Um, what's this about? Yeah, and wasn't then, there like X-Men also this week or X-Men something? X-Men should have been out this week. Uh, the new Hawkeye miniseries should have been out this week. Oh. Um, and so uh, luckily one of, my, uh, one of my fellow retailers came in and... And I was like, I don't know what happened. I, this, the system's so fucked up that I didn't order this. And he was like, I didn't get X-Men this week. I didn't get Hawkeye this week. I didn't get this. I don't know what's going on. And they didn't tell me anything either. So I was like, oh, okay. It's just that there's no communication going on with anyone and no one knows what's happening. Huh. It's great because I called my rep basically for this exact reason and he didn't call me back. It's <laughs> because <laughs> like, he's... Because answering them other, in the order they received. Exactly. There were probably a thousand other people who made the same phone call, and he's tired of answering that question. He's like, you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> you know that there's no stuff here. There you go. That's all you needed to know. Yeah. Um, and he's probably right. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us at Um Actually Comics on the Instagram. You can follow us at Coast City Comics. Purchase things from CoastCityComics.com. Do it. Uh, there is the Funbox Monster Podcast. You can listen to our most recent episode, which is about the movie Scanner Cop, which is a, <laughs> a delightful movie, which I also highly recommend people watch. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Um, that's about it. I also have an Instagram at Dollar Binge. Yes, at Dollar at Binge. Dollar is Binge. Absolutely worth following. There's a lot of really fun <laughs> stuff that comes out of that. I like it. I enjoy following it. It is a good follow. <laughs> nice. Um, Thank you. And that is it. Yeah. I think that's all there is to say. And uh, we will see you next week. Uh, thanks to Covered in Bees for our theme music. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye.